Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up and sharing something we've loved recently, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to things that are going on right now, and the conversations that people might want to have but aren't actually having. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can stay up to date with all of our new episodes that launch every Wednesday. So love, how are you doing? I know that me leaving Croatia has probably been extremely traumatic for you. So <laughs> how have you been? But it was such a lovely, lovely weekend. And it was, wasn't it? After we thought that it was going to be a washout as well with the weather, it turned out like we got so lucky with the weather. I can't believe how lucky we were. Mm. And it was so nice to... Well, one, it was obviously lovely to see you, but also to do those kind of touristy things that we hadn't had chance to do yet and actually get to share them with with you. It was amazing. Yeah. We um we did say we would record in person and that just didn't happen, partly because we woke up on Friday morning and it was so sunny that we were like, let's just get out and see how much of like the sun we can make the most of. I think it said we had like two hours of sunshine. Yeah. And then it was going to rain all day. And I think we ended up getting, what, 40 minutes of rain, if that, for the whole day. We were so fortunate. Yeah. And what I love about this is that even though you came all the way to Croatia, we're still talking about the weather on the podcast. Oh, my God, I know. I know. <laughs> the other thing I loved is, especially on Saturday, so how do we pronounce this? I want to say cracker, but I don't think it is. It's. I think it's kirka the waterfalls basically we've been out there and anyone who's listened to the podcast for ages will know of like our road trips we used to do together and we would always like make sandwiches and like eat in the car or like when we were um traveling in Montenegro we'd just like grab some cheese and some bread and just like make sandwiches in the car and we did that on Saturday and I was like I love this because it feels like old times and we were like driving around singing to the radio like it was so lovely yeah it has been so long since we've travel together obviously for pandemic reasons but everything else as well and it was amazing to be able to do that again and have a little weekend jolly and hopefully well hopefully you'll be back and we can do it all again yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed in the summer we can come back because I think I think everyone knows like the beach destinations for Croatia now like it's more popular to go to like Dubrovnik or Split for like a weekend or a summer holiday but I didn't realize how underrated the like rural side of Croatia is because it's beautiful, like so stunning. Like I did not, until we came to Split, I didn't know like Split was surrounded by a mountain range. I had no idea. No. And it is, it is stunning. You literally have this old town, this whole city and it's beautiful. And then it's like the backdrop is mountains. And I just had no idea that there was kind of so much inland beauty as well to see, even no. though Croatia is obviously really famous for all of its, beautiful beaches and clear water and all of that yeah it's it was absolutely stunning so if anyone's looking for a recommendation to get some get a bit of a break in or some sun this summer I would highly recommend Croatia I'm a big fan come and visit say hi (laughs) just invited everyone everyone who listens to the podcast I don't have the live podcast (laughs) live podcast in split that would be fun oh my god yes um anyway do you want to share your recommendation for the week yes so I feel really bad because I feel like I just keep recommending I don't know tv shows and stuff I'm 
haven't got the time for other stuff at the moment but I will get there you now I'm more settled down I feel like I need to caveat with that but this week we watched um a Netflix series called The Puppet Master and I think it's only three episodes long and I watched it because it was a recommendation you know how it says if you liked um and for us it said if you liked Tinder Swindler which obviously we, we mm-hmm. really enjoyed um and The Puppet Master is um a true crime documentary and it follows um well it looks at the story of the con man robert hendy freeguard and honestly it is it is shocking more so than tinder swindler because he literally takes it's taken like 10 years of people's lives away and well it is unbelievable the extent of his cons so basically he he started in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, basically during um, the bombings and with the IRA and everything that was happening there. He kind of played on that, which is awful in itself, and pretended to be an MI5 agent. And he basically got three of his fellow friends at this agricultural college he told them that he was actually an mi5 agent and because there had been a terrorist threat at the college that that was it was legit he said he was there to investigate that but these three people were really at risk and they had to go on the run and they were going to be on the run for six months and it, it sounds ridiculous when i'm saying it there's so many intricacies in it and you you can kind of see how people fall for it like they were told that their families' yeah. lives were at risk if they stayed at the college and all of this so anyway they go on the run and like one of the women essentially becomes like controlled by him like like the the court described it as she was psychologically kidnapped and she's gone for 10 oh. years and this is in the UK that's in the UK. mad and he's done it over and over again and so it follows two different groups of people so the the group from back then that he fooled and another family that he's still fooling now and they're is speaking to two well grown children but their mum is missing she's been she's been taken by him and she doesn't want to come back it is honestly shocking you you cannot believe that someone operates like this and that this has happened in the UK well that it happens anywhere but it's just unbelievable um so yeah it's only three episodes um really worth a watch if you do enjoy those kind of con man true crime like tinder swindler all of, like that kind of thing um mm. yeah definitely recommend but it is quite shocking um cool. okay added ink to the list uh what's your recommendation this week i've got a podcast for you this week and it is roxy nafusi who a lot of people will probably um know as the woman who wrote manifest the orange book that's been all over social media for the past like couple Mm. of months um Mm -hmm. it's her podcast called the moments that made me and in it she interviews a series of people I think there's now three or four series like there's a lot of like a lot of different episodes and she essentially speaks about the three moments in their life that were really definitive for them um I love her interview style it's very down to earth she has a way of having people really open up and be very frank. And at first, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, well, obviously they're just going to be like, if they've got kids, it's going to be like when I became a parent or when I met my partner or when I started my business. 
but actually listening to what people define as a defining moment has been really interesting and a bit like if you're a fan of desert island discs I love this kind of thing become very nosy um but it's been interesting to hear like the resounding trends of between like business owners and people who have overcome great adversity and hear from people who I haven't actually heard on a lot of podcasts before I think a lot of people do like the rounds on podcasts um and sometimes it can seem a bit samey or like the same answers are being given um and like changed ever so slightly but there's a lot of people on this podcast I've never heard of before and it's been really interesting and enlightening to hear them speak and the episodes are like half an hour long so it's like really easy to just pop it on listen to in the background and yeah I've just been really enjoying it it's been really inspirational to hear about how people have overcome different challenges in their lives that's so interesting. I've seen the book. I had no idea that she had a podcast as well. Um, but I love that the episodes are only half an hour because mm. I, I do love that kind of thing. But I always get a bit put off if it's like an hour plus kind of episode, just because I know I, I usually don't have the time to sit and listen to it all. But I'm definitely yeah. going to give those a listen. And I yeah, I like that it's different people as well, because I do agree as, as much as I like love hearing certain people talk. I think that people do make the rounds a little bit sometimes. Yeah, and it's nice to it's nice to have that balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to put that on my to listen list this week. <laughs> so, this week on the podcast, we want to talk about women earning money and the shame around that because let's face it money is always an uncomfortable topic and I think there's a lot of shame particularly around women earning money and the double standards in that conversation between men and women and their relationship with money so we want to open up that conversation because honestly that's the only way that we can change the narrative and this kind of association of shame with women earning their own money because if we aren't having those conversations that kind of discomfort is going to continue so that's something that we want to chat about today there's no right or wrong answer here and I think it's just something that we feel is a really important conversation to have yeah I think the idea of there being a lot of shame with women earning money is something that even if we're not consciously aware of there's definitely an unconscious bias like just think of the reactions that you have or people around you have when you see a woman living independently and earning her own money and most importantly spending her money on whatever that is whether that's designer goods or holidays or like luxurious homeware whatever it is there's so often that a stigma that comes across that comes alongside it of either a that's not her money or b she's being frivolous and I just don't think that men get that level to them in the same way like if a man is spending money it's like oh cool nice like breadwinner successful like really positive associations whereas for women it's very different and I think the only way we're going to overcome that is by opening up that conversation more god that's so true like I really do feel like women are demonized in society and Mm. with this stereotype of being being big spenders and frivolous and I know we were kind of talking about that double standard and a classic one would be if a man bought a five grand watch, it would be seen as an investment. Yeah. If a woman buys a five grand bag, it's seen as frivolous. There is that, that unconscious bias is so like 
we probably all have it to a certain extent because it is like a, a societal level that that kind of stigma and association and I do think it is because women haven't been able to have that ownership of money for mm-hmm. like for very long at all in history like it was only until about 40 or 50 years ago that women could even open a bank account in their own name without a male signer like how mad is that that it's in our yeah. it's in our parents lifetime that women have not actually been able to own their own money in their own separate bank account and I, th- I think it's that short kind of lifespan of how long women have actually been able to own their own money outright that that's still playing into this this stigma and this stereotype yeah I completely agree like it's almost like those thoughts are so ingrained into our parents generation either consciously or unconsciously that then we don't have the examples of women having that ownership of money and living on their own terms and I think that's why it's also so important to open up that conversation to prove to one another that it's completely okay but also to change the perception of what money is because to me money is freedom and security it's not obviously it is like being able to afford the holiday or going for the nice dinner and treating yourself but fundamentally it's freedom and it's security and I think as soon as we start reframing money in that mindset for women, it opens up the conversation differently. Yeah, it is that. I feel like it's really that need to, as women, we feel like we need to justify why why we like money. And because I will openly say I love earning money. It's not like my Mm. life goal is to become a millionaire or a billionaire. But for exactly those reasons, I want freedom. I want independence. I want security. And I know those are privileges that come with having money. And I even have it. If I like sign a big contract with a client or something, I get excited. And then I feel ashamed about that excitement. And I I shouldn't feel that because I've worked hard that that is, mm-hmm. and this is what it should be for all women. You've worked hard for your money. You deserve that money. And as a consequence, you can spend that money however however you wish. And I'm excited by it because it means I can do the things I want to do and build the life that I want to. But instead, from the outside, that stigma still exists so strongly that women, like us included, feel ashamed to own that money. Yeah. And I think there's that real there's that classic thing isn't there like money doesn't buy happiness and no it doesn't but I think anyone who has ever had no money will agree that while money might not buy happiness life is often easier when you have money you sure like your worries aren't going to disappear overnight but you will you'll be able to have that freedom and the flexibility to make decisions you otherwise might not be able to make different things are possible when you have money so yeah it might not buy you happiness but I don't think we should be looking in one place at all for any like anywhere for happiness you know like it's an amalgamation of things and for so many people having that security and that financial freedom is a big source of happiness and you're right like it isn't a case of saying I want to be a billionaire if you do that's absolutely fine um but it's about saying ah, oh, to have the freedom to just live the life you want to live like I think bit like this weekend when we sat and we made sandwiches in the back of the car that was a choice we made whereas a few years ago it was something we 
had to do because we were broke. Now, I appreciate that that's within the concept is still within like the confines of travel. And there's a great amount of privilege with that. But there's something about being able to make the choice, but also say, okay, we're going to do that so we can go and do wine tasting. It's it's more relaxing. And I don't think it's spoken about often enough how nice it is to hand over your card or your cash and know that it's not, well, your card more. Hand over your card, no, it's not going to get rejected. But that kind of level of security and knowledge within yourself is so freeing yeah and I think what you said there about it being a choice I think that's that's the thing isn't it money gives you gives you choice and I feel like particularly the generation that we are and there's a lot of women with a lot of big goals and big ambitions and part Mm. of that is being motivated by money to some extent and that's just in an inevitability because men have been doing that for decades and I guess decades Mm. centuries yeah and I think obviously there there is a a stereotype of women as the homemakers and as a consequence of that in centuries gone by women have been kept out of the conversations about money and obviously there's nothing wrong if if the man in the house is the the breadwinner or is the kind of financial orientated one but there definitely shouldn't be a discomfort or a shame around women being involved because regardless like you said money gives you choices money gives you that freedom Mm -hmm. and I think like especially now women are raising children having a work-life balance having strong female relationships as women in positions of power now women are far more likely to be able to utilize money in a way that hasn't been used before and that choice can be I think it can be really powerful I'd read a study some oh maybe it was on a podcast saying that women in positions of power in a in a business like say board of directors like senior managerial level are more likely to use their position of power um to raise money for charities or to redirect some of the like the finances towards um towards what's it called not charities but like programs that will support like underprivileged women or period poverty or female education things like that and I think that's a really great benefit to have if we can open up this conversation more about women earning money in the first place I really agree and I think as well like a lot it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to a point isn't it like if we don't have the conversation about women and money women aren't then empowered with the knowledge of how to make more money so then other women don't see that as an example and so it kind of goes around a vicious cycle and I think one of the best things to happen in the last few years is like the rise of more open conversations about money happening on social media there are so many platforms now that help to break down things like investments and saving and budgeting and how to get out of debt and how to manage through those times when maybe you haven't had the best relationship with money and how you can have a better relationship with money. Because I think that's the other thing. Not only do we not see women um, being, well, we don't often see women being proud of their wealth, but we also kind of villainize anyone but particularly women who are bad with money as though it's their fault but I always wonder like if you've never seen a good example of someone with money how were you ever meant to know how to be good with money 
So I think the fact that it's kind of democratization of that process and there are more resources available is fundamentally a really good thing. And it empowers us all. Like at the end of the day, if you are surrounded by people who are better with their money, that benefits the economy. It indirectly benefits you. Like it benefits the businesses they shop with. Like it's only a good thing. God, I completely agree. And this does go back to the whole conversation about like why they're not teaching about finances in schools because exactly Mm. like you said if you're not being told how to handle money in a in a healthy way and in a responsible way and if you don't have any examples of that in your life which I mean society is is crap and for a lot of people it means living month to month for Mm. most people that is living month to month and how can we possibly change that association or how we use money or how we how we perceive money in our own lives in generations to come if there's no education around it yeah exactly that and I think this is part of acknowledging as well if you do have an unconscious bias about this like not acknowledging if you have that double standard because I think part of this conversation as well is as women to stop judging other women for how they spend that money uh, money. because it goes back to that classic thing of we've been taught by society as women to tear each other down and see women Mm -hmm. as the competition and and it shouldn't be the case at all and I think that's a really important part of that we should be celebrating women who are successful and have been able to build a life independently and like with financial independence and financial freedom why like those should be women who are role models and who can teach others to do the same and I think it's that proof it's possible isn't it like Mm. it's very easy to see especially if it's a friend or someone you know well um like earning more money living a very like what seems to be a financially stable life and going oh I'm so jealous and automatically that envy creeps in and you compare yourself whereas actually she is proof it's entirely possible and of course there will always be people who are in that position because of inheritance or privilege or like situations aren't just them getting up every day and working hard but again I don't think that's a reason to kind of embrace that um that more toxic mindset of oh she's so lucky instead of saying okay well that's not my situation my options are either I work hard I make changes and I move forward or I stay in this place like it goes back to what we've said before about like choosing your hard like it might be really hard to confront those biases you have and start conversations and start researching like how you can have more financial freedom or like even if it's not something that's on the table for you right now or you feel like you're in a huge amount of debt and you don't know where to start like it's hard to make those first steps and overcome that shame that society puts on you but it's also hard to stay where you are whether that's in that precarious financial position or maybe you're not sharing like saving as much as you want or whatever it is Staying where you are isn't easy. Um, so I think it's worth putting in the time and also surrounding yourself, whether that's on social media or in real life, with women who are embracing their wealth. It doesn't have to be they're showing it off all the time, but those who are living unapologetically on their own terms, I think that's a really positive 
influence to have that isn't just money but like I think specifically money in this circumstance well yeah it's like being a positive role model isn't it Mm. and setting that precedent for future generations and I do think it's true in particular on social media where kind of everyone has access to everyone if there are women who are living unapologetically and being open and honest about the freedoms that they've been that their like financial situation has given them and the work that they've put in to be where they are I think it does set a positive example and a positive role model for future generations who might be on social media and see that because I I know the instinct for a lot of people will be to jump to a a lot of assumptions about oh she's being frivolous she's spending she's she's being arrogant no she's not she's worked hard and has earned money and is embracing and has has managed to get rid of that shame around earning money and I think that's a really powerful place to to have found yourself in if you can acknowledge that the shame you had you've been able to move past that and embrace like the hard work that you've put in and the money that Mm. you deserve because you've earned it I completely agree I think it just really helps to change that mindset that you have and it normalizes something as well it's not saying that you have to suddenly live that life as well that you might earn money and decide to live entirely differently that's fine but it's seeing women take ownership over their lives I think is really important um should we share some of the platforms that we find really helpful and like women to follow online that kind of live like that that we admire Mm-hmm. and also it's important to say like obviously it doesn't have to be online like if you're oh yeah a mum a sister an aunt whoever if you're in that situation to be able to to set that example and have those conversations with perhaps the younger women in your life or just other women in your life in general that's also obviously a massively positive conversation to open up for sure so some of the women I have on my list are First of all, Melissa from Melissa's Wardrobe. Um, she also has the platform called It's a Lifestyle Hun. I would really recommend following her. She's amazing. And Patricia Bright. She also has the platform, The Break Social, which gives a lot of advice about how to cultivate wealth. Um, my favorite, Audrey Layton, who I don't think I've ever followed anyone online who is so transparent about the costs involved in living a certain type of lifestyle, but also the importance of prioritizing wealth and growing wealth and she's definitely like challenged some of the unconscious biases that I had in my mind um and then you've also got people like Victoria McGrath who again lives a really luxurious lifestyle unapologetically because she's built that and Candy Sprathwaite as well I love that she really embraces a more luxurious lifestyle but is very honest about like her process of getting there um I think it's great to see that growth within someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also follow a few accounts that are um, kind of accounts just more informational based rather than like focusing on a specific person, but they are all around opening up the conversation around women and money. So some of them are more like general financial advice some of them are more investments um some of them even have like information about crypto and stuff so obviously like cherry pick what information is useful to you but um girls that invest is brilliant um her first 100k um it's really especially for like business owners as well and kind of 
pricing yourself with integrity and how to create a sustainable business um, and like the value that you place on yourself as a service provider. Um, also the financial diet and she's on the money, which is Australian. Um, but obviously the, a lot of the advice is also very similar as well. Um, even though it's Australian rather than UK. Um, I also, yeah. I also follow my frugal year who is a British woman um, and she started her account because she basically like publicly said this is the debt I have and I want to um, be really essentially frugal for a year or two and pay off this debt and she's documented the whole process of how she did it and like all the different types of debt she had all the different options and it's so transparent and I think if you're not in a position where you can just like embrace saving but actually you're in a really negative financial situation resources like hers are really helpful to just show that it's possible but also break it down into really like manageable steps in a very judgment-free way and obviously also if you are in a situation like that talk to your bank talk to citizens advice there are so many resources um and free uh free contact services online who you can reach out to for support and advice I mean it is such a horrible situation and it is so tricky to have that conversation about money but regardless of your financial situation it is important to have that conversation definitely we will leave some resources linked in the show notes because like I said it's such a to be in a poor financial situation is so stressful and so it consumes every second of your life um but there are resources out there that can help and people who would offer that judgment-free support and advice and you can turn it around you can change your habits you can be in a position where you are you do have that financial freedom um and I think now more than ever that's so important given the kind of financial situation we're in not just like in the UK with cost of living rising and everything but also around the world um and I think it will become increasingly easy to look at someone else living a luxurious lifestyle going, that's not fair, why them? Um, but there are ways that we can all improve our situations regardless of where we are currently at. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation and hopefully it encourages you to open up that conversation around earning money and women earning money specifically. Um, As always, we would love to hear your thoughts. You can get in touch with all of the contact details, which are down in the show notes. We hope you have a great week and that you'll come back next week for the next episode. So hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.